The Bible doesn't mention very many angels by name, but when it does, it often paints an interesting picture of them. This is also the case with Michael the Archangel, a powerful being who is mentioned several times in both the Old and New Testament. Maybe you've wondered who he was. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Angels are very interesting. The Bible describes them as being extremely powerful beings. Angels are messengers of God at their core. And the word angel actually comes from the word angelos, meaning a messenger. But there are instances where they fought off hundreds of thousands of humans. Sometimes they are mentioned as guards, and sometimes they are eternal worshipers of God only. In the Bible, however, we're only given the names of two angels. And one of those named angels is Michael the Archangel. And the word Archangel means chief angel. In every verse that Michael the Archangel is mentioned, he is either in battle or preparing for battle. We don't get a huge picture of him. Really only a small handful of verses even mention him. But the Bible does give us enough of a glance at him to make some conclusions about him. But I want to go into a quick disclaimer before we move into this discussion. I'm only using biblical sources because that is the only source provided to us that is inspired by God. And anything else that we use outside of the Bible is just speculation. And that can cause us to believe things that aren't true. So we have to be careful moving into that territory. We really only want to use biblical sources when we talk about these things. So the first thing that we see about Michael the Archangel is that he's very loyal to the Lord. In Daniel, it's not about what Michael can be seen doing, but it's about what he's doing that cannot be seen. The Lord has sent an angel to Daniel who was depressed over a vision that he had seen. But the angel had been prevented from delivering him the message because of a demonic prince in Persia. Daniel 10.13 reads, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for twenty-one days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Michael goes where the Lord sends him. And we see that here. And he does what the Lord tells him to do. And this has to be done for God's plan to succeed. In this case, the message was not getting to Daniel. That is until God sends Michael to assist with this other angel. Now, we don't know exactly what the prince had done to stop this first angel. And we don't actually know exactly what Michael did to help the angel out. But what we do know is that Michael intentionally did what had to be done for God's plan. And in this case, it was battling a spiritual prince. It seems Michael was very well versed at this type of fighting. Let's read this passage out of Revelation 12, 7 through 9. It says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled into the earth, and his angels with him. When we read through Revelation 12, we're given a glance at the history of Satan's rebellion against God. Revelation tells us in verse 4 that the dragon used his tail to sweep away a third of the stars in heaven to the earth, 
Now, most people agree that these stars are the angels that Satan convinced to join him. There's something about Satan that causes people to follow him. And he's able to use this charm and even lure many of the angels with him. But you'll notice that Michael was not one of these angels that followed him. As we've already read in verse 7, Michael is actually one of the angelic leaders who fought against Satan in the Lord's army. Michael sides with God, whom he knows will succeed against all enemies. And we see in this verse the consequences of being lured into Satan's trap. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Michael, however, knew exactly where he would be at the end of this battle. And that leads us to the second thing that we can understand about Michael, the archangel, is that Michael finds his strength in God. Satan, in all of his power, cannot defeat God. He cannot overpower him, as we see here. He cannot outsmart him, even though he is able to convince angels. God is the creator and sustainer of everything. He is the one who gives and removes power from his creation. And Michael and Satan are both God's creation. Michael knows this. We read in Jude 1.9, But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Michael was in a battle with Satan here again. But Michael didn't storm into Satan or try to strike him down. He didn't even speak against him except to bring God into this fight. Michael understood that even his own power was limited to what God gave him. This is after he won this war in heaven against Satan and his angels. But still, Michael refused to rely on his own strength and power. Michael, the archangel, the one who fought a demonic prince in Daniel 10, the guardian of Israel, and one of the chief leaders and princes in God's army, calls to the Lord to rebuke Satan, because he knew that he needed God's power in this situation, and that his own strength would not be enough. When we add all of this up, we get to the main point about Michael, the archangel. Although he is powerful, and although he is a high leader among God's angels, and even considered to be a guardian over Israel, he is not to be worshipped as God. And this is exactly what some cults have done. They have taken angels and they have made them into idols. They have stretched the imagination of what we're given. They've taken extra biblical sources that are things that are outside of the Bible and created this entire hierarchy of angels. Paul tells us in Colossians 2.18, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. That certainly sounds like cults that we have today. This is what we see with Jehovah's Witnesses, who believe that Michael is actually Jesus. But it's very clear when we read Jude, that Michael draws his power and strength from God, not that he is God. And we see when Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, Jesus himself rebukes Satan. He doesn't call on the Lord to rebuke Satan because he is the Lord. Michael is totally submissive to God. And he sets a good example for us as Christians who are in spiritual warfare or who are about to be. We should do battle like Michael the archangel with loyalty to God 
and faith in God's strength and God's ability to strengthen us. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope that you've got something from it. If you liked it or if you learned something from it, please share it with others. Please like it. Please subscribe it. And as always, please send me messages about topics that you would like addressed or questions that you might want me to answer or tough verses that you would like me to go through. I'll do my best to answer them and I'll do my best to put them in another episode. You guys have a great day and thank you.